What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. Maintaining or retaining something is as vital, if not more important, than starting something or getting something. I'm gonna say it again. Maintaining or retaining something is as vital, if not more important than starting something or simply receiving something. Starting your exercise regimen is one thing, but maintaining it is a whole different thing. Hopefully, I, w- I would have wished you would have said a louder amen there. Reading, for those that set a goal at the beginning of the year, this, this year I'm going to stretch myself to, to grow in knowledge. I'm going to start reading. I'm going to read a book a month. The idea and the intention, getting started, you crack the first pages, but then maintaining is a whole different thing. Getting married. Is a wonderful thing, but staying married is a whole different thing. You know, you know, that was probably the only day the men really, really took a good bath on that day of the wedding. Like that's probably the like the day they they took the best bath of their lives, you know. And and you are emotional, you nervous, and you got butterflies, and it's amazing to be there. And the 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 person officiating the wedding, the minister, or in the court, and they're declaring you husband and wife. You're all excited. Getting married, starting it is amazing, but maintaining it is a whole different thing, baby. Starting to come to church and making a commitment to Christ, beginning your journey is amazing. I'm talking about you serve in any way that you can, come to every service that they have, you sign up for huddles. Starting the thing is incredible. I'm talking about when you first start, you're on fire for God. I'm talking about you ready to cast out devils, you ready to destroy the enemy, you ready to conquer mountains, but maintaining it is a whole different thing. So beginning and starting or receiving something is important. Taking the first step is vital because uh, the journey of 10,000 miles really begins with one step. It may seem that you're far. Beginning it is incredible. But what I really want to challenge you today, my people, Hope Center family, is not only to begin the race, but it's to finish the race. And so as we've been talking about deliverance and being set free by God, we've been understanding the power and authority we have in Jesus. And we've been, and we've been doing the work of, of seeking deliverance. It's an amazing thing to, to come to God and say, God, here are my chains, here are, here are my battles. God, sweep and look through every aspect of my life. God, do an inventory of my heart and God, set me free, deliver me. See, that is the first step and it is vital that you take that step. But really what I want want us to get at is not only to receive deliverance but maintain or retain our deliverance because we can receive something or we can take a first step but if we're not careful we can lose the very thing that we received or we can give up or render the thing that we're supposed to retain and maintain when I look at the scripture and I've studied it for some years now just a little bit just a little bit I've studied about just a little bit 
Uh, and what I find is that whenever you look through scripture, whether it's the Old Testament and you would see prophets giving uh, uh, prophetic promises in the Old Testament, there was always a condition. It says, if you, if you give yourself to the Lord, then. It was always if, then, conditional in the Old Testament. And then when you find in the New Testament, now we're covered by grace. Jesus already finished everything. When he was on the cross of Calvary, he yelled out some amazing words. He yelled out, it is finished. Tetelestai in the Greek. And that means that every, the, the the work is complete your deliverance is complete your salvation is complete your justification is complete your glorification is complete your transformation is complete but here it is but here it is the work of of Christ on the cross is complete but I also do find in the New Testament an aspect of personal responsibility and accountability are you here I find that God constantly in the New Testament, even with the finished work of Christ, uh, uh, there was always a challenge and a charge from the Holy Spirit. There was always a charge for us to take personal responsibility and accountability. Now, for those who are theologians and you study the Bible, you might be saying, no, no, no. Where is that in the Bible? I'm coming for you. Here it is. The Bible declares faith without works is dead. The Bible tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is always looking who he can devour. The Bible says, continue to work out your salvation, watch this, with fear and trembling. The Bible tells us, stand firm. It constantly tells us, be steadfast, be immovable, be on the alert. Now, if we didn't have to do anything then why would we constantly get charged? Be sober, be vigilant, stay woke, don't fall asleep on your spiritual walk. You've got to be alert, you've got to stand firm. We constantly get this charge because here it is, you can get saved, you can come to church, but it doesn't end there, baby. You've got to attach some action to it. I'm, I'm helping somebody, Pastor Fran. I hope I'm helping someone in this place. We get a constant charge now here it is, I want you to know that the way that you do it is not by your own strength or merit. I want to let you know that you stand firm, you're vigilant, you're sober, you're alert. You do it with the strength of the Lord and His Holy Spirit. So we maintain, we retain, we sustain through the Holy Spirit. So it's so the way that we stand firm is not within our own strength. That's, that has to be clear. It's not your strength, it's not your ability, it's not your might, it's not your power, it's not your titles, it's not your gifting. It's in the Lord. We retain and sustain in the Lord. It is for the Lord. It is in in the Lord it is through the Lord Jesus and it is by the Lord Jesus through his Holy Spirit in us I'm teaching good in this place so here it is so 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 here it is now I, 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 just to kind of drive this picture home for us to not do anything is similar to saying listen I own my house I own the windows of my house I own the doors of my house but I'm gonna just leave it open anytime Thank you. I don't know about you, but I lock my doors every night. Anybody like me? <laughs> uh, anybody like me, you close, uh, you close the curtains or the window shutters. Uh, anybody like me, you close them, right? Now, I own the house, 
The house has been purchased. It belongs to me, and I believe that, that my house is covered. In fact, I pray for my house every night. I believe that it's covered. I believe in the protection of the Lord. And if anybody ever attempts to come in the house, watch this, look at me. If anybody attempts to come in the house, uh, they better know what's coming because I grew up in an area called Coolmore slash Bailey Crossroads in Virginia. You might not know of that area, but you better ask somebody about it. You'll find out quick if you try to break into my house that I ain't grow up, I ain't grow with a silver spoon in the suburbs <laughs> you'll find out quick so it's protected it's prayed over it's covered the house belongs to me if a thief comes in they have no access and no authority but I still lock the door I just I just let me let me okay okay I still lock the doors I still close the doors and I still shut the window curtains <laughs> In case any joker out there want to act up, I'm just, we're going to keep it close. So what we've been touching on is how oftentimes we give access to the enemy because we leave the doors of our soul open. We give access to the enemy when we just leave our spirit and even our bodies open and he begins to wreak havoc in our soul, mind, will, intellect, and emotion, and in our spirit and even within our body. So what we've been doing over the last several weeks is we've been closing the We've been closing the doors. And I believe that you've been doing the work of closing the door. But I want to give you this. I want to give you this notice. I want to give you this warning. Not only are you supposed to close the door, but shut the windows. Because you can be saved. You can be delivered. You can be set free. But you got to make sure to not only close the door, but shut the windows. Because oftentimes, the enemy will even try to peek through the window. I'm going to help somebody today. Can I, can, I, can I talk about the windows? Because oftentimes we also begin to know that we're saved, know that we're supposed to stay within the parameters of the word of God, but we also get curious and we start looking out the window. What they doing out there? <laughs> Who that is? Knowing God told you to be single for a season until you build your personal walk in relationship with God and you know he called you to stay within these boundaries but hey who that is <laughs> am I talking to anybody <laughs> so I want to talk to you about the windows look at the person beside you tell him windows you got you got to shut the windows too you got to shut the windows you got to close the curtains you got to close the here here are the windows here are the windows that you got to be mindful of the first window is the window of the eyes I'm going to help somebody today. The scripture declares, listen to me, your eye, this is in Luke chapter 11, verse 34 through 36. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that your light, the light that you think you have is actually not darkness. For if you are filled with light and no darkness, then your whole life will be radiant. As though a floodlight were filling you with light. You got to watch your eyes, baby. 
The eyes are so powerful because they are, they are the windows to the soul. As soon as you visually see things, you begin your imagination, your thoughts, your thought life begin to wander when you see something. So you've got to be mindful of keeping your eyes covered because it begins with the windows of the eyes so you can be set free. But as long as you're looking at something that does not belong to you and lusting after something that is not for you, then that can begin to, to take hold of your heart. That can begin to take hold of your spirit. That can begin to give an access point to the enemy. You got to watch your eye. I remember a young man came up to me. This was, this was, this was a while ago. And he came to me and said, Pastor, I'm just battling. I'm battling with perversion. I'm battling with lust. And, 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 and Pastor, I need help. I, you know, I believe I'm set free. I've done the prayers. I've renounced. I've rejected. I've said, God set me free. And I believe it. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's powerful. He's able to do all these things. He said, but I'm still struggling. And so I began to just, I, I said, God is going to give you a profound revelation today. And so he was ready. He pulled out his, he pulled out his phone and he said, because he was ready for, I'm talking about a profound revelation. It really wasn't a profound revelation. But I believe it's really helpful. Because I began to ask him, tell me, what, show me what your social media looks like. Let me see who you follow. Talk to me about the things that you watch. Talk to me about who you keep around you. Talk to me about all of those things. So I said, you ready for the profound revelation? It's going to rock your world. Because I told him, this is the thing that helped me break some chains off of my life. It's only two words. Don't look. He was as upset as you are right now because you were ready for some profound revelation. This thing is practical. But you're saying, Pastor, that's hard. I know it's hard because you can't do this within your strength. This is not by might nor by power, baby. This is by the Spirit of the Lord. So when something is looking good to you, what you say is, I ain't going to look in the name of Jesus. When temptation is around, seeking in the corner, no, I ain't gonna look in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself and tell yourself, calm down. I know I can speak to my church like that because we're honest and transparent. It's very simple. If something is gratifying to my flesh and it's feeding my flesh, those two words, don't look in the name of Jesus. If it's super hard, in Jesus' name, God, give me the strength. No, I ain't, gonna, I ain't even going to entertain it. I ain't even going to. But, but if I just glance for a second, it ain't going to do nothing to me. <laughs> don't The second window, here it is, is the ear. You've got to watch the ear, eyes, ears, and mouth. I'm giving you the preview of the next one. You got to watch the ear. Look at what the Bible declares in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Within this context, the apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I got to give you for those that, are, that do their exegetical work. I know that Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was talking to the Roman people, and he was telling them that if, if no one preaches, then how will people get saved? So I know this is the context, but this is very powerful about what we listen to. Watch this. The Bible declares, so faith, here in Romans 10, 17, listen to me. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. 
Watch this. Constantly we see this in the New Testament. Mark chapter 4, verse 23 through 25, it says, If anyone has ears, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully, Hope Center family, because you, God has, a, God has done something amazing in your heart and you've been set free. Those chains broke off you, but even the things that you listen to can open up a window. What are you listening to? Because if you're battling with gossiping and a lying tongue, and that's what you're constantly hearing. The Bible says that the mouth speaks what is abundant in the heart. So if you are trying to live by faith, you are trying to live by faith and not by fear and not by doubt, but you're constantly around people that are giving you bad news and bad reports and people that are constantly giving you their toxicity and their drama and their gossip and their lies, if that's all you listen to, it will begin to affect your heart, your mind, your will, your intellect and emotions and your spirit. You've got to watch you got to watch what you listen to. What does the Bible says? That faith comes by hearing, meaning that the things that you listen to have the potential to build up your faith, either construct, build, or destruct, destroy your faith. I don't know about you, but I just want to listen to things that are going to build my faith. I just, I'm going to come down for a second, get ready. I'm sorry I didn't give you a warning. Just do it. In Jesus' name, I love you. Thank you so much. Baby, you gotta, sometimes you got to, you've got to, you got to shut your ears to the negative reports. You got to shut your ears to the gossip that people are spreading. You got to shut your ears from that, from that, from that, from that report from that person that tells you that you won't be able to make it, that you won't live for God, that God will never use you. You got to shut your ears from those people that have nothing good to say. You've got to close your ears and you got to say, I want to listen to things that are going to build me up to things that are going to stretch me and launch me forward in my faith. I want to listen to things that are going to that are going to stir the gifts within me that are going to help me grow in God and in my relationship with those around me. The ears are a potential window. Look at the person beside you and tell them, watch your eyes. Okay, you got to convince them. I'm, I'm talking about say it, with some, say it with some faith and with some authority. Tell them, watch your eyes. Tell, it, tell them, watch your ears. Watch the ears. Watch the ears. Watch the ears. And here it is. Watch your mouth. <laughs> watch your mouth. This is another window. Here it is. Is, is this all right, by the way? Am I helping somebody? I love you all, and that's why I really want to help you. Proverbs 18:21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. Matthew 12:34 declares you brood of vipers Jesus was talking to the Pharisees how can you being evil speak what is good for the mouth speaks of that which fills the heart. What are you speaking? Not only am I presenting the challenge of what are you watching what are you listening to but what are you speaking? Because those things have the potential to give access point once again to the enemy. And you done broke off that cursing spirit that you had. Oh, this is a bougie church. They never cuss. They never said nothing wrong to anybody. But I got my online church. I know I'm speaking to you right there in your home. Talking about amen, pastor. Yes, me. 
You done broke that chain cussing and, and, and angrily just, just, just lashing out and your impulsiveness to just say whatever comes to your mouth because, because before you got saved, you were the one that say, I'm going to speak my mind, but then you realize that's probably not the best idea because every time you spoke, what, you spoke out your peace and whatever was in you, you just, you, just, you just put it out there. You ended up saying things that you regretted. So God broke the chains off of you. So now more than ever, you have to be careful of the things that you say. You got to be careful of the conversations that you have with people. I know that before Jesus broke the chains, you would just, you would just have that locker room talk with your buddies at work and talk about all kinds, kinds of madness and debauchery. But now the Lord is telling you, you've got to even watch the things that you say. You got to watch what you say. Because those are windows into the doors that we already shut. So let me give you three things. I'll continue this tomorrow for the sake of time. We're going to continue this tomorrow. I'm spaced. Did I say tomorrow? Lord, help me. I got pregnancy brain too with you, baby. Yeah, I mean, we have a Monday service, Pastor? And yes, no. You know, next week, I'll continue this. <laughs> let me give you three things. Let me give you three things. The first thing that you must do, and it's attached to, the, to, the, to the, indo, the window of the mouth, the first thing in order to keep these windows shut, not only the door, but the windows, the first thing that you must do is you must confess victory. If you've been saved, set free, confess that you've been saved and set free. Let the world know. Listen, the world and society and culture, they are not afraid. They are not ashamed. They're loud and proud about what they believe in, about what they're into. But here we are timid about what God has done in our lives. So if God has done something in your life, confess that victory. In fact, in fact, I want to challenge you right now to confess some victory. I'm right there where you are. Just lift your hands and say, God, thank you for making me more than a conqueror. God, thank you for setting me free. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, confess that victory. God, thank you for breaking the chains in my life. God, thank you that I walk in peace. God, thank you that I walk in joy. Come on, let me hear you confess that victory. Hope Center, say, I confess that I'm victorious through Christ Jesus. God thank you that victory is mine you've got to confess victory Mark chapter 11 verse 23 Jesus said truly I tell you that if anyone says to the mountain go cast yourself into the sea and does not doubt or, or have disbelief in their heart believes fully they will see this happen it will be done for them so the thing about confessing victory, can I help somebody? It's not denying reality. <laughs> Faith is not a denial of reality. So if you're sick, if you are sick, and you got a nasty cold, and you hear coughing all over the, <coughs> I got victory in Jesus' name, I'm healed, <coughs> but you're still coughing. The thing about confessing, and most people really, really kind of get on this concept of confession, you know, uh, people look down and even within the church because they believe that when you confess victory it's almost as if you're denying reality but I want to help somebody it's not denying the reality so when you look at your bank account and you and you and, and your and your money's looking funny you broke as a joke but watch this but you confess victory not denying that that's happening but confessing victory is that God will make a way where it seems that there is no way 
Because he said it is finished, the work of the cross. So even though you're still in the fight, because watch this, the enemy will tell you, you're still in chains. You're still bound. Look at you, you're still doing the same thing, and then you begin to speak that. It must be that God didn't do anything for me. But you got to confess victory in Jesus' name. So it's not denying reality, but it's recognizing God's power, his work on the cross, and speaking faith over the circumstance. I want to challenge you that even when you don't see the answer yet, speak faith over that circumstance. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't, it doesn't feel good. Uh, has anybody like me ever had to speak and, and kind of and kind of shake yourself up and speak to yourself? You know, the Bible declares, uh, David would say, why are you so down, oh my soul? Don't you know that God has been gracious and good to you? He would talk to himself. You ever had to discourage, uh, 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 encourage yourself from discouragement? In the same way, you got to confess your victory even over yourself. You recognize the circumstance. You recognize the mountain is there, but you say, in Jesus' name, God has already made a way. I am set free. I am delivered. I am healed in Jesus' name. Let me give you the second thing for those that are taking notes. Crucify the flesh. The way that you shut that door is by crucifying the flesh. That sounds kind of harsh, Pastor. Yes, because some of y'all been playing too much with the flesh. So now it's time for you to, in the name of Jesus, crucify the flesh. In fact, Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25 says, is this helping anybody? Am I teaching good? I just want to know that you're there. All right, 24 and 25 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus. Uh, do you belong to Christ Jesus here? All right. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live now by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Luke 9, 29 says, he, he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny, crucify themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That means your old appetites. And I'm not talking about for the number three with the, I'm not talking about that for the number three and the one on the side, but although sometimes we got to crucify that too. That's for whole fit. Your appetites. Your desires, your old desires, lust, perversion, thought life that kept you stuck and bound, you've got to crucify the flesh. In order for your faith to grow and to live, you've got to starve the flesh. So often we can be set free, but all we do is feed the flesh. Whatever it desires, whatever the appetite is, we just feed it. And so God is saying, in order for your faith and for you to maintain and retain your deliverance, you've got to crucify the flesh. That means every day that you wake up, you make a conscious effort and say, in Jesus' name, I belong to the Lord. My thoughts belong to the Lord. My actions belong to the Lord. My decisions belong to the Lord. I will align my thoughts with the thoughts of the word of God. I will, I will be in step, in, 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 in step. I, I'm going to attach faith and works, so I'm going to satisfy the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seek the presence of God. I'm going to be in the word of God. I'm going I'm to reach out to my brothers and sisters in the faith to keep each other accountable. And whatever desire, appetite does not align with the word of God and his his desire for me I will crucify that thing in Jesus name that's how you keep those windows and those doors shut 
the last thing is you must maintain a life of fellowship. Write that down. You must maintain a life of fellowship. I have, I have some more things to share. You got to come back next week. Look at the person beside you. Tell them, come back next week. You've got to maintain a life of fellowship. Isolation will always give access to the enemy to keep you bound. That, 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 that thought of, I don't need anybody, I don't need God, I don't need the church, will always keep you stuck, keep you bound. God created us to be relational beings, and if you've been saved, set free, your desire should be to be within a community of faith. It boggles my mind. I'm going to have my brothers help me. It boggles my mind. I'd done the research before I launched this church, and this demographic, when people tell me, them, people tell me, don't, don't, y'all don't worry about them. Y'all look, this, it's going to be all right. Now, uh, we practiced this earlier. Ah, yes. It boggles my mind because I did the research before we launched this church, and, and the demographics and the statistics, statistics amongst your demographic says that you will come to church once a month, possibly twice a month. And it boggles my mind because if you've been truly if you've been truly saved and set free, your desire should be, I want to be in the presence of God because I need to maintain and retain my deliverance, what he's done for me. I can't, I can't compromise and put other things. It boggles my mind when we put, we put other things as a priority, not realizing that Jesus died on the cross, resurrected from the dead to be Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And here we are ungrateful and we say we can't make it out for an hour and a half. It boggles my mind if you are truly saved. I know it's quiet now because this is that part of the message that I know you're having a hard time with but I got to tell you the truth because with the, the messages you're watching online they're not going to tell you the full truth but your pastor that loves you going to tell you the truth and the whole truth that if you've been saved and set free it should be a priority in your heart that I need to be within a community of faith I can't put a game I can't put my boo thing I can't put my job in front of the Jesus that saved me that set me free that delivered me if anything gets in the way you've got to move because I'm going to be up in the house with my community of faith. In order for you to retain, sustain, maintain your deliverance, you've got to be within your community, baby. You've got to be women. You've got to be connected with a sister, at least one that when you're down, you can say, pray for me, and they'll lift you up, brother, when you're saying, I'm struggling because I feel like I'm going to open the door again to the enemy. Your brother said, we ain't going to give up. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to hold on to you in Jesus' name. When you're isolated... It's easy for the enemy to attack you with lies, ideas, suggestions. But when you're in community, you got your brothers and sisters that say, I'm going to hold you down. You've got to maintain a life of fellowship. Fellowship meaning we're not the only fellows in the ship. Meaning that we're in this thing together. Look at the person beside you and tell them we're in this thing together. Uh, we got, we, we, there's peace, love, and unity in the house of God. Why? So we can do this thing together. You're not meant to do it alone. 
Hebrews 10 25 the Bible declares not giving up meeting together as some of you are doing as a habit meaning stop this mindset of not meeting together looking at it's just a casual thing to do let me check it off the religious box or let me just go and show my face no 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 you got to realize but encouraging one another realizing the reason we come and we gather in this place and we're celebrating an eternal Savior that came in human flesh the Bible declares he is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth and he came because he loved you because because your wages the Bible declares in Romans was sin and death and destruction but he said because I love you and only I can come and save the world he came to the world and he died and he took on he took on human flesh he was beaten he was he was beyond he was mocked he was persecuted and his flesh was torn into pieces but he said I'm gonna do it for the love that I have for that person that feels like there's no hope for them that they're broken and God can't do anything with them broken sick with bipolar schizophrenia feeling like they're gonna lose their mind feeling like they're gonna die feeling like there's no hope for them he said I will come for them so when we come together We come to celebrate that Savior. We come to maintain fellowship with our brothers and our sisters. I'm declaring in Jesus' name, and I'm declaring this under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that my church will not fulfill the statistics that people that casually come to church on the here and there, they don't value their walk with Christ. I'm believing that there's going to be a generation up in this church that will say, I will commit to this thing, and it will not just be a seasonal thing for one week, for one month, for three months, but I'm a keep on walking this thing out even when I don't feel like it I will commit even when I don't have the strength I will keep on pursuing straining forward towards the call of the high mark in Christ Jesus before you were within the parameters of your chain and your bondage and this is how you felt and then every little bit of temptation every little bit of discouragement every little bit of division every little bit of deception you just just come on in some of you you tried with um uh what's that what's that uh, positive thinking he would say, I'm going to think positive. This is before Christ. I'm just going to think positive. Positive, nothing wrong with that. But even with, your, with all your positive thoughts, he was still temptation, <laughs> discouragement, division. All up in here, temptation, lust, perversion, chains, you know, chains that came from inheritance from your, from your mother and your father and brokenness and divorce and all types of craziness and all types of mess and, and just given access at any moment. All right, you, uh, uh, um, yeah, let's, let's turn up. Let's turn up here. Let me, I'm just keep, let me keep the door open there. I'm, I'm enjoying that. I like that. It satisfies the flesh. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's meet up. Let's, let's hook up. Go ahead. Come on now. Let's, uh, let's, let's just, just, you just welcome all, every little bit of thing and then when you say but but when you came to that place and you said I'm done with this and I'm saying yes to Jesus he came and he began to do a, a cleansing work a transformative work he began to take and remove those things that once that once that once had a hold on you of your heart your mind your will your intellect and emotions and he and he began to sweep 
those things and kick those things out. And then you began to participate. You're like, yeah, I got some change, Lord. Here it is. Kick these things out. Kick these people out. Kick these relationships out. God, do that work. Set me free because I'm tired of it. And then we close the door. But let me tell you, the enemy is a thief. May the Lord rebuke him in Jesus' name. That will not stop the enemy from coming to knock on your door. Remember what we used to do? Remember how we used to do it? Remember the way you used to talk? And he'll come and he'll knock on that door. But you're saying, in Jesus' name, I will not open that door. (laughs) I want to tell somebody in this place to continue to stand firm on your convictions. Even when the enemy's trying to break you down, trying to forcefully open that door, you better declare my mind belongs to Christ Jesus. I will not go back. There's no way that I will surrender what God has done in my life. I wish there was somebody in this place that would lift up their hands and say, I will not go back. I will not give in. Look at somebody and tell them, don't give up. Look at somebody and tell them, don't give in. Tell somebody with some authority, don't go back from the place that God snatched you out of. He we began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Even when you're tempted to open a window, what am I missing out of? You better shut that window. What's going on over here? You better see before because this enclosed you in sin, hell, destruction, and the grave. So this was, this was your chain. But see, then, then Paul said something interesting. When he came to the Lord, he was a persecutor of Christians, and he was a man that was vile, violent. He was a religious person. Then he came to Christ. God set him free. But the interesting thing, and he, he would say in, in his writings, he would say, I, Paul, I'm a bond servant of Christ Jesus. Meaning before, I used to be chained up to my sin, my desires, my flesh, my appetites. But then when he came to Christ Jesus, he still understood the concept of being tied, chained up. But he said, now where I used to be tied and chained up to my sin, my bondage, now I'm tied to the Lord. Ain't nothing that's going to take me out of this. Baby, you've got to make a commitment. You've got to make a decision. See, in the world, we used to, and I'm going to close with this. Am I helping someone in this place? In the world, we had no shame dying for our convictions. You know, there used to be a saying, it was coined famously by, by an artist. You, you, young people, you will have really not, 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 not have much knowledge on this. He had an album called Get Rich or Die Trying. Oh, some of y'all were not saved like me too at some point, right? I was, I was reflecting on that. Get rich or die trying meaning that the mentality and the conviction was I'm gonna get this by any means but even if I don't get it I'm gonna still die believing that I can get it and we come to Jesus and that conviction and that boldness we all of a sudden get timid when the Bible declares that he has not given you a spirit of fear but he's given you power love and a sound mind I want to declare this with boldness. 
for everybody that's watching me and here that's in the room. I want to declare to you because the enemy told you, you won't be able to get healed. You won't be able to get fully delivered. You better believe that you will or die trying. God, I'm going to believe it because I believe the whole thing. I believe the whole thing. I'm not going to give up my belief that God can do it, that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far beyond what we can think, ask, or imagine. See, now there's a whole thing in Christendom that they say, yeah, possibly he might not be able to heal you fully. The devil is a liar. He... You, you can be saved, but you might not be able to be set free fully. You might not be able to get the healing. Baby, I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep believing or die trying because even if I believe to the end of my days, I'm going to be in heaven saying, God, I ain't get the deliverance, but I'm glad that I believed. I feel the glory of God in this place because I believe the whole thing. I believe the whole, the fullness, the whole counsel of the word of God. Not just, I believe that Christ is powerful to break every chain in your life. Not just some of them, but I'm talking about every chain. I'm talking about every bit of bondage. I believe he's able to do it. Yes, I have the boldness. It may may not be popular, but I believe still that he can set you free from any spirit of infirmity, from any disease that didn't come from the Lord. It came from the enemy, from any mental battle, from any chain that was passed down to you I still believe he's able to break it I'm not a minister that believe he might not be able to do it nah baby I believe in his power I believe he's able to do it so when those things come knocking keep the gate shut when they start throwing the rocks y'all remember throwing rocks over the window to get somebody oh you never did that with your girl that's, that's fine. Y'all not going to keep it real on that one. This is little pebbles. When the enemy comes calling, because he will not present himself with horns and a tail. and a, He's going to come as an angel of light. He's going to come as an opportunity. Take this job and knowing that that thing is going to take you away from the ways of the Lord. Your ex talking about, hey, big head. Can I give you a word that's going to deliver somebody? Reject, delete, decline. If I got to block you, I would do it with the finger of the Lord in Jesus' name. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not with the theology of maybe I'm strong enough. The devil is a liar. Baby, you are not strong enough, but the Lord inside of you is strong enough to say no. (laughs) Now my thoughts, my mind, my will, my intellect, my spirit belongs to Jesus. I'm not stepping outside of these confines, not because, because I'm rejected, I'm staying within these confines because this is a blessing. When a door closes or when people leave or God removes people, it's not for rejection. It's a protection factor. That's why he said, "Ah." stand firm in the Lord, abide in him. 
Stay within the confines because it will keep you protected. It will keep the door shut and it will keep the window shut. How many received this word today? Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at myhopecenter. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.